0: Welcome to Well-Versed, where we bring biblical principles of governance
1: to governmental leaders and you. This is the Well-Versed podcast. So we have another briefing for us. Uh, a good friend, met her on the World Prayer Network. She's been in the offices a few times, Faith McDonald. She is the Director of Advocacy for a word I can't pronounce. Karnatismos, Global Fellow, American Association of Evangelicals. She's going to give us a little bit of understanding of what's going on in Armenia. There was a horrible genocide back there right before Hitler murdered 6 million plus people. And one of Hitler's rationales for doing the Holocaust was, hey, who remembers Armenia? So what's going on there right now, Faith?
0: Mm. Thanks, Adam. And it's great to be with everybody. It's Katartismos. Global, okay. the name of the organization, but you can just call it KGI. That's where Wait, I work. I um, I... Here is here is a map to show you where Armenia is in relation to all the countries around it as a landlocked country. Um, I, I went to my first demonstration for the current situation that's happening in a part of Armenia that's called Nagorno-Karabakh in January, and at that point, I was just made aware of what was happening, but it had been under siege. Nagorno-Karabakh, that that orange part, um, had been under siege By Azerbaijan and blockaded uh, for um, since September. So that was January. It had been blockaded since September. But I want to give you a little bit of background on Armenia as well, um, because it was the first nation to adopt Christianity as its national religion. So in 301 AD, Armenia became the first Christian nation. um, And the Armenian apostolic church is the world's oldest national church um and uh as as uh, adam said there was the armenian genocide uh which was a horrible uh genocide by turkey in um uh, that took place uh before before hitler right um but if we um if we c- go on from there, um, Armenia, which was a Christian nation, was captured by the Soviet Union, just like all the other places around there. So um, it it was under Soviet control for quite a while. And then in just about the time that the Soviet Union fell I was actually over in Moscow on a church mission trip and we went to Yerevan um, and we met people then coming from Nagorno-Karabakh this would be 1990 fleeing again from this this area Nagorno-Karabakh which actually the Armenians uh, name for is Artsakh so they were fleeing from Artsakh because the Azerbaijanis were killing them then so they had gone. Gone through the genocide with Turkey. They were going through uh, horrible persecution and um, displacement in the early 1990s and then it started again last September with uh, with Azerbaijan. So here you see on this um, this map that little area between Nagorno-Karabakh and the the actual country of Arme- of Armenia is called the Lachin corridor that's the only passageway between Nagorno Karabakh or Artsakh and Armenia So what the Azerbaijanis did was to block that, to have soldiers there, not allow people to leave, not allow things to come in. Um, It was a a siege and a blockade, which has now gone on for a year, um, preventing food and fuel and medicine from getting in. So people have been dying for the past year. Let's not go to that one yet. Um, People have been dying for the past year. They've been... um, going, starving, because there's been no food, um, no medicine, no fuel. So what has the current situation is active war. Once Nagorno-Karabakh wore down the the area by having them starving and having them have nothing um, and be in fear of what was going to happen next, they started the active war, the attack, bombings and shootings uh, on the people. Of Artsakh, and that began on September the nineteenth, um, and we can go on to the next, because now the people are being displaced. They have, they are having to flee from what is considered uh, a, a historic Armenian area, beautiful uh, historic um, churches that are now being destroyed, um, and. Uh, all kinds of uh christian heritage being wiped out um let's let's stay at the big one the 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 broader view yeah so you can see how they're coming out uh out of this blockade now and um it said that there were a uh, hundred kilometers of, of cars on the road. Okay, let's show the close up now. This is the people fleeing from their homes. They will probably uh, never be able to go back. Um, most of them have said, "We we can't go back. This is this is it." Some of them were there for the last time that this happened in the 1990s. And Azerbaijan, which is a Muslim country just wants to wipe out the Christians. Um, and it's it's not even just Nagorno-Karabakh. It, that's where it's starting. But if this is allowed to take place and the world does nothing about it, which so far um, the Biden administration has said a lot of words, but they have not made any uh, any pledges about doing something about it. And this is going to lead to probably an act of war against Armenia itself. Azerbaijan has already been attacking um, Armenia. Um, and actually, um, uh, the prime minister of Turkey, Erdogan, is also involved in this. And he called the attack on Artsakh a matter of pride. So this is uh, Turkey and the Az- Azeris working together. Um, And finally, after all those months I told you about of blockade where there was no relief coming in, this past Monday, they very cruelly let the relief trucks in, and then the next day they bombed them. So those are the kind of things that the Azerbaijanis are doing in in, uh, Artsakh uh, right now, which uh, against the Armenian people. And uh, we can go on to the next one. Here's uh, a lot of the people from Artsakh, the Armenians at the airport in Stepk. Stepanakert, which is uh, the capital of Artsakh, trying to escape from the bombing. Um, you know, it for me it's like deja vu all over again because I I work on Sudan and you know a few months ago you all met the bishop from the Nuba Mountains of Sudan who I had on and when Sudan started its craziness, its evil, evil craziness the last couple of months ago, um, it was the same kind of mayhem. The people flee. And, and ending up uh, in places trying to get out. So these are people who are trying to get out, okay? And the next one, will just show you um, one of the beautiful ancient churches in, in Artsakh, which the Azeris plan to destroy if they haven't done it already, um, so that's the situation. Most people didn't really know what was happening um, for months. Um, and as I said, even I, I hadn't heard about it until four months after it started and then got together with the Artsakh coalition. Um, but what can we do? Well, one thing that we can do to thank God for Congressman Chris Smith, who has been the hero of the US Congress for decades, um, the hero for the persecuted church as well for the pro-life movement and congressman chris smith has uh introduced a, a piece of legislation about this um and uh it is uh it's named the Preventing Ethnic Cleansing and Atrocities in Nagorno-Karabakh Act of 2023. And the um, the number of the bill is H.R. 5686. And so far it's Congressman Smith and it's bipartisan. So Brad Sherman, Congressman Brad Sherman from California, who's a Democrat, is the other original co-sponsor. And then Congressman Gus Bilirakis, from Florida. um, Republican Jim Costa, um, Democrat from from California. There's a lot of Armenians in California. So you'll notice there'll be a lot of uh, um, Congress people from California who will help co-sponsor this. And French Hill, um, Republican from Arkansas, are the original co-sponsors of the bill. And um, it it really... Mr. Smith always knows what he's doing. He says that this will require the State Department to create a detailed strategy to promote long-term security and well-being of ethnic Armenians in Nagorno-Karabakh through important security provisions, including dispatching US diplomats to the region to monitor the situation, instituting 24-hour video monitoring of Armenian cultural sites, authorizing humanitarian assistance to Armenians harmed by the blockade and recent attack, imposing new sanctions on officials who directed the blockade and attack on Nagorno-Karabakh, providing foreign military financing to the Democratic Republic of, of Armenia, which is now threatened by Azerbaijan, and terminating U.S. military aid to Azerbaijan by repeat repealing the presidential waiver of section 907 of the Freedom Support Act. That will be hard because the president will not want to um, waive this. He will not want sanctions on Azerbaijan because they are an oil producer. So we really need to pray that people um, and and that our our Congress and our administration will believe that the lives of these people are more important than the fuel in this case. Um, Mr. Smith knows what he's doing. Um, He had two hearings in the past two months on this issue. I went to one of them in August. And one of the men who testified at that hearing was Luis Moreno Ocampo who's the former prosecutor for the International Criminal Court. And he said, if the U.S. does not do something to intervene in this situation, um, we are actually participating in a genocide. So that's how... Serious, he believes that it is. So really, you can uh, encourage your member of Congress to become a co-sponsor of this bill. Um, It's uh, it's really going to be hard to get it across. Right now, it's been referred to the Committee on Foreign Affairs. Um, and the Committee on the Judiciary, but we need to pressure Speaker McCarthy as well, um, because it'll stay in those committees unless he brings it out. Um, The good thing is the Armenians have a really powerful um, uh, lobbying group in D.C., the Armenian National Coalition for America, um, and, you know, they know God. So we're, we're praying along with them and praying that this will be a, a great opportunity for the body of Christ to come together for the people of Armenia and especially of Nagorno-Karabakh.
1: Thanks. Oh, I'm unmuted now. Thank you, Faith. Um, appreciate that briefing it's hard when we look at the dangers and the trouble and the escalating violence and darkness in the world to, to keep hope. But when you've got a whole lot of concern and you don't have any influence, your life is trouble. If you can, if you care about something, you can't influence it, you feel lost and hopeless. But If we care about something and we learn how to exert influence, the best way to do that is to learn how to pray. And that's what the World Prayer Network is about, to exert our influence because we know that the battle is spiritual and that it has direct implications in the earth.